The trading week kicks off relatively calm when considering the shaky, shaky events in Russia throughout this weekend. Now, on data front, the latest PMI figures hint at slowing activity as a result of aggressive monetary policy actions across the developed economies. But, 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 the central bank hawks won't step back unless we see slowing inflation across the board. So, welcome to the new week of trading with Swiss Coast Daily market talk. So U.S. equities recorded their worst week since the Silicon Valley bank collapsed back in March. And the weekend was well, shaky, shaky, really, with the unexpected rebellion of the Wagner Group against their Kremlin this weekend. So Yevgeny Prigozhin's men, who actually fight for Vladimir Putin in the deadliest, deadliest battles in Ukraine, walked towards Moscow this weekend as Mr. Prigozhin accused the Kremlin of not providing enough arms to his troops. And at some point this weekend, we even thought that it would be a turning point in the Ukrainian war and for Vladimir Putin in Russia. But all of a sudden, Mr. Prigozhin just called off the attack after an agreement brokered by Belarus and, well, he actually agreed to go into exile. Now, the Kremlin took back control of the situation, or this is what it looks like right now, but we haven't seen Mr. Vladimir Putin or Mr. Prigozhin talk since then. Now, many experts, many political experts out there believe that the Wagner incident of this weekend may have exposed Vladimir Putin's weakness to the world, was the most serious threat to his in the past two decades and could still be a turning point in the war in Ukraine. But obviously, nothing is more unsure at this point because according to the Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, there are no indications whatsoever that Wagner fighters are retreating from the battlefield in Ukraine. Now, the first reaction of the financial markets to the Wagner attack of this weekend was relatively calm, really. We barely saw any reaction from the markets when the market opened in Asia today. Gold, for example, which is a good indicator of market stress at this kind of moments of uh, high geopolitical tensions, actually remained flat and even sold into the $90.30 level. The dollar Swissy, on the other hand, moved little near the $0.90 cents level. Crude oil was offered into the $70 per barrel psychological level, but the nat gas futures jumped more than 2% at the weekly open in Asia, while specific stocks like the United Company, Rusal International, for example, which is a Russian aluminum producer that is trading in Hong Kong. Well, uh, the stock gapped lower at the open, but recovered most losses at the time I'm talking here. And equities in Asia were mostly under the pressure from actually last week's sell-off in the US rather than the Wagner incident of this weekend, while the US futures even take higher today and are slightly in the positive at the time I'm talking here this morning. So it looks like the Wagner incident of this weekend will likely remain well, broadly ignored by investors unless, unless there are some fresh developments that could eventually change the course of the war in Ukraine. But until then, we know that the financial markets will be just back to business as usual. So there is nothing much on today's economic calendar for investors. But 
the rest of the week will be quite busy, busy with some series of inflation reports from big, big economies around the world, including Canada, Australia, some big economies in the Eurozone, the US and Japan. And except for Japan, which is quite happy actually to have gotten its head out of the deflation after decades of fighting deflation and where the Bank of Japan doesn't really seem urged to hike the interest rates in Japan to fight inflation, well, higher than expected inflation figures elsewhere in the world, then Japan could actually further fuel the hawkish central bank expectations and that could add to the weakening appetite in risk assets across the globe. Plus, the Fed will carry its annual bank stress test this week to see how many more interest rate hikes the US banking sector could actually take on after several regional banks in the US went bust in March, remember, that we actually expect to have some changes in the US capital requirements further down the road to you know, contain the uh, bank risk in the US. The big banks are like not much vulnerable to higher capital requirements that are down the road, yet the profitability of the US regional banks could actually be at jeopardy and that could cause investors to remain skeptical or cautious regarding the US banking stocks moving forward and Invesco's KBW Bank ETF actually slipped below its 50-day moving average last week following recovery since May and on the back of a decidedly aggressive Federal Reserve to actually continue hiking the interest rates and eventually stricter requirements, capital requirements down the road. Now, zooming out of the banks, the S&P 500 is down by more than 2% since this month's peak levels. Nasdaq 100 lost more than 3%, while European Stock 600 index dipped 3.70% at some point between mid-June and now, as there are now growing signs that the aggressive central bank rate hikes around the world are finally slowing economic activity around the world and the major economies. A series of PMI data that were released last Friday actually showed that activity in the euro area's biggest economies fell to a five-month low as manufacturing activity contracted faster than expected and services actually grew slower than expected and the services component is now approaching the 50 threshold. So the 50 threshold distinguishes expansion from contraction. So we are getting towards contraction in services as well in Europe. Now, data from the periphery is still stronger, with Spain posting a better than expected first quarter growth of 4.2%. So that's up from 3.1% printed earlier. But if the Eurozone's growth engine, Germany, continues weakening, at the speed, while growth momentum for the entire Eurozone could hardly improve moving forward. Now, the euro dollar tipped a toe below its 50 day moving average level last Friday, but the pair found buyers below this level. The weak data weakens the European Central Bank expectations, but, 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 it's good to keep in mind that that weakening expectations could easily reverse with a strong inflation read, given that the European Central Bank is ready to induce more pain on the Eurozone economies to fight inflation and bring it back to its 2% policy target. Now, across the channel, the picture, the economic picture wasn't necessarily better. Both services and manufacturing activity in Britain came in softer than expected as well. And although we saw 
Actually, some positive surprise on the British retail sales front. Well, retail sales in Britain still slumped by more than 2% in May, mind you. And that was certainly due to the rising cost of things, the rising cost of living that led the Brits back from losing their purse string. Now, one thing though for Britain, the United Kingdom's largest lenders actually agreed last Friday to give borrowers a 12-month grace period if they actually miss their mortgage payments as a result of whopping costs of keeping their mortgages due to the aggressively rising interest rates in the UK. Unless there is an accident in the road, well, in real estate, for example, the Bank of England is expected to continue hiking the interest rates and reach a peak rate of 62 by December this year. Now, the only way to slow down the pace of these BOE interest rate hikes is to find a solution to the sticky inflation problem in Britain. And because the Bank of England is kind of incapable of seeing results of its higher interest rates, well, Jeremy Hunt will meet industry regulatory this week to discuss with them how they could prevent companies from taking advantage of global inflation and raising their prices more than actually needed, which obviously adds to the inflationary pressure through what we call greedflation. But until he finds a solution or effective solution, the Bank of England has no choice but to keep hiking the interest rates and the UK's two-year guilt yield has further to run higher from the actual levels, whereas, whereas the widening gap between the two and the 10-year yield in the UK hints at growing odds of recession in the United Kingdom moving forward, which would also prevent the British pound from gaining strength on the back of these hawkish Bank of England expectations. Cable will more likely end up going back towards the 125 level than extending gains to 1.30 level. Now, last but not least, Bitcoin console days gains about the $30,000 level as the geopolitical shakes during this weekend seemingly contained the appetite for further gains above the 31,000 level in Bitcoin. But the simple fact that finance's big names are now flocking into cryptocurrencies and start offering cryptocurrency products to their clients actually comfort cryptocurrency traders in the idea that this is something to stay for long. So it's not going to disappear anytime soon. So this is all for this Monday. I'm Ipegos Kardeshka and thank you for joining me today. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on Twitter and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again tomorrow. And until then, good day trading. Oh,